0: Hello, and welcome to EG's Voice of the Region podcast. I'm Jim Larkin, I'm a regional researcher with EG, and I'm on the road once more to talk to another regional agent that's found itself in the spotlight thanks to its standout performance in the radius on demand rankings. As ever, we want to know what they've been doing right and understand exactly what makes each part of the country's commercial property market tick. This time, we're off to Dorset, where pool-based Cibbett Gregory sits comfortably at the top of the rankings after transacting almost 63,000 square feet so far this year, which is more than twice the amount of space as its nearest competitor. And it's also transacted more deals than the rest of the radius market combined. So I'm pleased to be joined by Sibert Gregory Agency Director Alistair Knott. Alistair, welcome aboard. Hi, Jim. Hi. Um, can you talk a bit about your background um, and explain what brought you to Dorset um, and the areas in which Cibbert Gregory specialises?
1: Yeah, so my background is I started my career in London at uh, King Sturge in the West mm-hmm. End office. Um, I came down to Dorset in 2009 and um, well I, w- I was looking for a change of lifestyle frankly and uh, Dorset seemed like a good place to come to. So Yeah, joining in 2009, um, been part of the business since then. Um, Civic Gregory is a reasonably small firm. We've got 14 members of staff, 11 It's Founded in 1992, we have a a very strong commercial agency team and we specialise across all the main sectors, so office, industrial and retail. Um, We also deal with development land, investment properties and the usual sort of commercial agency work. We've recently um, branched out into licensed property as well, so we've um, brought in a chap from who used to be the estate director at uh, Enterprise Inns. Uh, but we've also got a very strong building consultancy department. Um, the business was founded very much with the ethos of uh, specialising in lots of different areas and working together. Mm-hmm. So we uh, we have a very strong building uh, consultancy team, professional services, and town planning.
0: Okay. Um, on a personal level, how does life compare now you've swapped the hustle and bustle of the West End for the you know, relative calm of Dorset?
1: Uh, well, it's very different. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, you know, I think the first thing I noticed from going from London to Dorset was um, yeah, everyone's interest in lifestyle. So, you know, in London, I remember leaving the office at 6.30 and people sort of suggesting "Are you going home is a half day you know, and then coming down to the pool and uh, people were leaving at 5.30 to go on their boat. So it was, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, definitely a sea change there. But, um, you know, when you're, I think like when I was a graduate surveyor, London was great fun. You know, it was brilliant going mm. out after work and meeting lots of different people and getting a really broad range of experience. But um, I was looking for that sort of slight change in in career, really. And um, Dorset, has just been a great place to live and work.
0: Okay, Um, we've seen quite a lot of Dorset on the news over this past year, um, mainly because it seems to be the destination of choice for unfeasibly large numbers of sun seekers during lockdown. Um, But what have activity levels been like from a commercial property perspective?
1: Um, Well, it's been very surprising. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, You know, when we look back to March last year, we were very much having conversations with clients about rent concessions and rent deferments, and we now come to Due to this year, and, and really, we have seen incredible take-up, particularly industrial property, uh, to the point where we're we're really running low on stock. So, it's been quite, yeah, as I said, a very surprising market. Really, I think we're still learning about what's you know what's happening and the the impacts of COVID. But um, it's uh, it, it, yeah, we've we've seen very strong demand.
0: Sure. Okay. Um, you mentioned industrial there. I mean, I think typically across the country, it seems to be the kind of industrial logistics sector that seems to be holding up the best. Is that is that strong in Dorset or are you kind of got a broader range of occupiers than that?
1: Um, well, you know, Paul and Bournemouth and <laughs> the Dorset area isn't really famed for its logistics market because, frankly, half of it is the sea. So um, we, <laughs> we have definitely seen um, more demand from you know, that last mile of uh, logistics. So you know, Amazon are, are under offer on a site in Paul at the moment for um, you know, quite a large building with vehicle storage. Um, but mainly it's from existing occupiers. We've got you know reasonably strong um, local engineering and manufacturing sector, uh, which is held up. So we've generally seen the demand over the last 12 months from existing businesses, I'd say, rather than uh, and, and new businesses at the lower level. You know, we've seen some startup companies come out of, come out of this last period. Um, more so than people coming
0: out you know, into the area from outside. Sure. OK. Um, your biggest industrial letting, I think, was um, about 8,000 square feet at Hybris Business Park um, near Dorchester. Um, can you talk a bit about that um, and also kind of talk through some of the areas outside of the whole Bournemouth conurbation um, where you're seeing activity?
1: I can't tell you too much about that. that deal right. at <laughs> Top <fun>. secret. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I mean the there are the, the main kind of industrial areas in Dorset have generally been around Poole, Um But there are um, three sort of major employment zones. One is the the airport, Bournemouth Airport. Um, there's a there's a site at uh, Magna Park, which is at early stages of planning, and then there's um, Dorset Innovation Park, which is the former UK AA um, Atomic Energy. Uh, center, which has been developed into um, a cluster of advanced engineering businesses. Um, and that's actually now got enterprise zone status. So um, we're seeing quite a bit of activity down there. Um, it's got a real defence focus. Um, we're heavily involved with that site. It's land owned by Dorset Council, um, but it's got funding from the local enterprise partnership and the Ministry of Defence. Uh, and we've been offering fully serviced employment land uh, plots, and there's office and workshop space as well. Um, and there's some good occupiers. You know, We've got Atlas, Electronic, Kinetic, and um, we've recently done a deal to, well, not actually, it's about a year or so ago, but to, to Norco GRP. And um, the big news down there has been uh, recent investment from the Ministry of Defence, uh, Dorset Council and the LEP uh, for something called an Army Battle Lab, which is right. uh, a mixture of workshop uh, an office space and conference facilities, and the whole idea of it is to collaborate between the MOD and, and private uh, enterprises to to encourage innovation. So they want to work much closer with small businesses and you know talk about their their requirements for their military requirements and, and get developing these innovative ideas in the early stage. So. That's um, a new building right in the middle of, of the, um, the scheme. So yeah, that's. Um, They're the I suppose the, the, the main areas outside of the Bournemouth conurbation
0: that uh, um, are attracting interest. Sure. Okay. Um, you mentioned the airport there. Um, I guess probably the sector that's been hit hardest by the pandemic is aviation. But has that had a knock-on effect on uptake around airports? Um, Yes, I think it probably has done.
1: I mean, a lot of the land around the airport is actually, um, you know, surplus land from the, the airport's mm-hmm. perspective. So it's you know it's well linked in terms of the accessibility to the wider conurbation and the main road network. Mm-hmm. Um, but we actually did have a hangar on the market last year um, with which is with airside access. And surprisingly, right. had, you know, quite a few people come along for it. So um, <laughs> uh, it, it's a funny old world. You know, you think, yeah, you, you see Sir Hansen Airport, which was, Losing occupiers to, to a level, and um, but we still have reasonable demand.
0: Sure. Okay. Good stuff. Um, has the increase in the number of people holidaying within the UK kind of fed through into demand for property within uh, tourism and leisure and related sectors?
1: Um, I don't think it necessarily has. I mean, you know, it's, it's a it? shop window. It is early days, I and mean, it's a good shop window mm. for the area. Mm. I think you know, having lots of people come in to holidaying down here, I think there's, that's that's good news for the, for the conurbation. I mean, one of the big things that's happened down here in the last few years has been the amalgamation of the councils. Um, before you had in, in, in Bournemouth, Christchurch and Paul, they were all three separate organisations, mm-hmm. local authorities, and, uh, and it's the same in, in the rest of Dorset. So you had East Dorset, West Dorset, Weymouth and Portland and Purbeck. And they, that's now been amalgamated into two separate councils. So you've now got BCP council, as it's called, mm-hmm. um, which is Bournemouth Christchurch and that the three towns, and Dorset council, which is the rest of it. So um, in, in a way, you know, if, you, if you've ever been down here, the, the three towns very much merge into one anyway, mm-hmm. the Bournemouth, mm-hmm. Bournemouth Christchurch and Pool. Uh It is one bigger conurbation. So it's been quite good, really, for the local authority to recognise that. Because uh, it's an area of, you know, 400,000 people um, and compares... Quite well in relation to the rest of the country in terms of population. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it's actually the tenth biggest urban area uh, in England. So um, that's been helpful in sort of raising the status of of, um, of the local area and and, uh, and seeing that you know, there's proper investment into it. But yeah, it's um, it's been an interesting. Period. We certainly had a lot of people turn up on the old sunny weekend down here, which has caused yeah. um, <laughs> caused, caused some issues to
0: say the least. <laughs> okay. Um, the kind of whole Bournemouth Christchurch. Paul conurbation um it's earned the nickname silicon beach in some quarters um just because of its high concentration of digital and creative businesses um what draws these companies to the area and what sort of requirements do they have
1: yeah it's been uh it's also known as silicon south i think has been the other the other name for it <laughs> um yeah bournemouth and Poole, particularly we've seen a lot of digital startups in particular over the last five to six years um, people, some people coming out of London uh, mm. I think what's been driving it is the university is very active in that field mm. um, which has really helped, there's been some successful local businesses but also it's the lifestyle you know, it's um, people really like living by the beach we've got second biggest natural harbour in, in the world, uh, the Purbeck Hills, you know, it's just a really great place to live um, mm. with, a, with a good balance between between work and play so I think that's been part of it um, uh, but yeah, it's these, these generally been yeah, marketing and advertising, driving it, I'd say, more um, mm. so than other digital sectors. Um, but it's uh, certainly been a success story.
0: Oh, good stuff. Okay. Um, now, your biggest deal of the year so far in terms of size was the sale of the 15,000 square foot former Palace Court Theatre in central Bournemouth. Um, I think it used to be in use as a church. Um, but can you say a bit about how that came together and what the new owners got planned for it?
1: Yeah, it was a really interesting property. So it was um, uh, built in, I think, 1910 or 1912, something like that. It was one of the original uh, Art Deco theatres in Bournemouth, um, but it had been used more recently as a a place of worship. Uh, So it had been, I think, converted to a church in the late 1980s, early 1990s, and owned by that particular church. But it was very much intact. So the internal parts of it were all there. you all had the original rigging at the back of the stage um and and the church really looked after it, so yeah. it was in good condition so these these are sort of one of those very strange rare assets that come to the market from time to time, but didn't really have a lot of development op- uh, opportunity because of it because it was so unique. Um, mm. yeah, it was it was enclosed on either side with no windows so we yeah, we brought it to the market last year in fact we were we were launching it during lockdown, which was an interesting time too. To market properties, sure. know, we had to be a bit innovative about how we how we marketed the property. Obviously, we couldn't do viewings initially, um, so we, we we sort of looked at the videos and various other things. We had a range of people come forward for it, but the um, the people that bought it was actually the Arts University of Bournemouth, and um, they're going to be used. They're going to fully refurbish the property and convert it into an educational establishment. But they will still also utilise the, the theatre space for. Um, yeah, you know, for, for various events as well for the general public. So it's great to see that they're going to, you know, fully utilise the building, uh, emphasise all the character, uh, and bring it back into a fully functional sort of multi-purpose uh, facility.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Especially good news for the arts sector, which hasn't had a lot of good news these past few years. Absolutely. Okay, um, moving on then. Um, how robust has the office market been? Um, and are you expecting a bounce back to pre-pandemic levels, or do you think we've changed forever? Um, well,
1: I think yes, the, the, the way people are working now is is different. But we you know, we're still in a in a period of, of lockdown with recommendations for people to work at home if they can. So we're we're not really at the point where I think we really understand what's gonna happen, but the confidence levels are quite surprising in offices. I mean, we've seen um office occupiers who have you know got office space which they're not even occupying at the moment, take on additional space because they're there to seeing that people will be coming back to the office and they need to adjust to you know what the future is going to be. Um, we've seen good demand, particularly in smaller offices, um, surprising demand. Again, uh, the, the larger the larger uh, space has been a bit more difficult to call. But uh, mm. yeah, I think that offices are here to stay. You know, clearly people are adjusted to home working, but you still need that collaboration space, that that time to to work together and. Yeah, as good as Zoom and Teams is, it's not the same for being in the office and and hearing conversations
0: and, and, you know, working together in that way. Absolutely. Okay. Um, Okay. a similar question, but different sector. Um, The kind of retail sector that's kind of had changes that were already happening have accelerated a lot. And I think there's a lot of empty shops especially in Boscombe. I think someone did a study on Christchurch Road in Boscombe and there were 40 empty commercial units. Um, yeah. What do you think the future has in store for our high streets?
1: Well I think you're absolutely right you know the the, the course of events that was already in action mm. has just mm. been accelerated uh, through this period and you know our area is, no, is not unique in that the, one of the issues is we have too much retail stock and um, mm. high streets probably are much larger than they need to be for the level of demand. Um, and it's particularly prevalent in secondary pitches where you've had, you know, in the past, perhaps good rents. We've had a lower level of demand and there's been a consolidation in, in the retail units, but in terms of demand for retail units. So you're left with these slightly off pitch areas which um, don't have a high level of footfall. The rates are probably historically still quite high because they're reflecting rental values from the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are the areas which are tricky. And what we're seeing is repurposing of those properties. So uh, large units being redeveloped to incorporate some residential, um, but also alternative uses, You know, office occupiers taking on uh, you know, retail units, or it might be you know, gyms, all sorts of different things are happening. So we're seeing an adjustment. And um, it's quite good news really, because I think there's opportunity in that. And, and we're certainly seeing that at the moment.
0: Sure. Okay. Um, I was going to ask, um, how much did it help the City, um, uh, you know, having a Premier League football team for a good, for a good five years? Certainly come to an end, but, um, yeah. you know, I mean, how much did it kind of raise the overall profile and make it more attractive to occupiers and investors?
1: Well, it definitely helped. Um, you know, we Bournemouth was in the news more and, mm. uh, you know, particularly when they were playing so well at one stage and doing really well. So, yeah, it, it, um, it put, certainly put the spotlight on on the town. Um, the, the club itself was investing in new training facilities and various other things. And, and you have the knock-on effect with, you know, wealthy premiership footballers knocking around the local neighbourhoods as well, which mm. was uh, <laughs> interesting to see. Um, but, yeah, I mean, hopefully it won't be too long before they're back up there. But... Uh, Maybe not quite at the moment.
0: <laughs> sure, sure. Now, I only ask because I know agents in Leeds who were just absolutely desperate for years for a return to Premier League status, and they've finally got their wish, I guess. Uh, but yeah. anyway, moving on. Um, if you were able to wave a magic wand um, and you know improve one thing about the county uh, to improve the you know the commercial property offering, uh, what would you do? Uh,
1: I'd be the road network. Uh, that's. that's oh, I'd written roads. <laughs> I, th- I think it's probably the biggest challenge, particularly in West Dorset. I mean, we're one of the only counties with no motorway network whatsoever. Um, mm. And whilst we've got quite we're very good links with Southampton and the M3, uh, if you want to go north or if you want to go to say Bristol from from Poole, there are sort of three different ways you can go, and they're all terrible. Mm. Um, and and sometimes it's quicker to go you know further to the east and then back all the M4. It, it's, it's a very difficult county in sense in the sense of um connectivity with particularly
0: the, the other parts of the southwest so that would be um that would be how i'd change it sure excellent okay um and just finally then um you signed up to radius i think at the start of last year uh what's the journey been like and how have you incorporated that into your workflow yeah
1: it's been good i mean you know, commercial property surveying is very much a collaborative uh, industry and um we spend a lot of our time talking to other agents, getting information about deals they've done. And we receive a lot of calls about, you know, comparables and various other things. Mm. And it's, it, it's part of the course, really, of, of the way we all operate. So um, it's been a good system. And particularly, I think the thing that I've valued is in terms of the changes that have happened with, with Radius has been the quality of information that we're getting now. Mm. Um, everyone's kind of bought into um, sharing data. Uh, whereas before, perhaps you'd see, you know, a deal and maybe just very basic information, which you then need to follow up, which you still need to do. But I think
0: definitely the quality of information has got a lot, a lot better, which has been you know, good for us. Excellent. OK, well, on that happy note, I think we'll bring things to a close. Thank you very much for your time and for all your insights. Appreciate that. Thanks, Jim.